Welcome to Conversations, Lisa. It's so great to be here with you. I cannot believe we're already into the fall. This is ridiculous. Summer I just I don't even by. remember summer. It's so I know. Sad. We had so much rain in Colorado, but uh, hopefully our fall will be a little little bit drier so we can enjoy some of this beauty around here. Hopefully. But hopefully. We're that means I'm maybe so worried. <laughs> All right. So I want to open up because we are talking about hope, and uh, hope is so important when you're living in the wilderness. I want to I want to open up with the scripture you closed with last time, Romans 15:13. Now may the God of hope. So stop right there. Yeah. He's the God of hope. So that tells me right there hope is a really good thing, okay? He's not the God of maybe so, he's the God of hope. Right. So let's not try to protect God's reputation, let's not try to protect ourselves from disappointments. Let's dare to hope, all right? So may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. In believing. So what are we believing? The hope, right? So what comes when we believe the hope, joy, and peace? That you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. I mean, if you look at Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So if we allow hope to be put off, our heart gets sick. Our hearts are manufactured because the Bible says, guard your heart with all diligence because out of it flows the forces of life. And Did you Proverbs say our heart's four. the manufacturer? It's our manufacturing that's plant an, of our that's spirit. That's such an engineering term. I know. Isn't it though? But it's the producer. I would say wellspring, but yes. It's the producer. It's, the, it's what makes it happen. It's like- It's the source. Jesus it's, said, if, and you do not doubt in your heart, but believe what you pray shall come to pass. You'll have whatever you says. So if our heart- doesn't believe, then what happens? We, if, if we have no hope in our heart, we be, our heart becomes sick. And if our factory, I know you love that word, becomes sick, we're not going to be able to produce. If our and stream is not refreshing our, our, and our living. Stream if our hope is, isn't alive. Right. That's what, it's hope deferred. So it's, it's when somebody dared to hope and then it was deferred. What, is that, what does that mean to you? What does that mean? It means put off. Mm-hmm. You know, it was disappointing. Um, how often do things not go in our lives the way we expect them to go? Well, and I think a lot of, we, we set ourselves up for hope deferring because a lot of times we're like, this is how God's going to do it. And then he doesn't do it that He's way. He's going to do it this way. And then this is going to happen. And then that is going to happen. And when it doesn't happen, we, we think it's not going to happen, but it just didn't happen that way. And there's a lot of people that it's, it's, it's a delay. So it's not their time frame, and we all know the famous saying, delay is not denial. The truth is that if God is delaying something, it's because he's preparing you and he's preparing the situation. But people get it in their mind that it has to be by this drop dead. I remember being early married on to you. We're used to set dates. Yes. You used to be like, by yes. this day, we're going to have an answer. And then when we didn't get an answer... That was stupid. No, it was it was immature. It wasn't it was stupid. And I think a stupid. lot of people do it because your hope, you were like, surely by six months from now, we will know what's going on. And then it wouldn't happen. And then I remember we would crash. And I remember you and I would have to sit down and remember we would say, God is still faithful. He is just not going to do it in our time span. Before we started the podcast, what came to mind was David. You know, God says you're going to be a king to him. He has Samuel anoint him with oil. Everything looks like it's going right because Saul makes him his armor bearer. Saul promises his daughter to him in marriage. Saul has him now eating at the king's table. And all of a sudden, because the women are bragging on David over Saul, 
Now Saul's trying to kill him, and David goes through 14 years. Now, think about it. How easy would that be to let go of that vision, your, your leader, your king? I mean, there's nobody above the king except God, right? And, but you're thinking about this in natural terms. Who's above the king? Nobody. There's nobody I can go to to fix this thing, make it right. Well, and he continued to show his innocence to Saul, and Saul would pull back for a moment and then be right after him again. Yep. And then if you think about Joseph, Joseph is given a dreams of leadership and a hope of leadership, but yet he's, he's living godly, and the more he lives godly, the worse it gets. He tells his dream, he gets thrown in a pit, he tells his, you know, and then he gets sold as a slave. He avoids sexual immorality. He's obeying the word of God. And what does it get him? It gets him the dungeon. And you're he thinking, dreams this is 12 people years. Forget who this he is, is 12 years. Right. And you're thinking, okay, if there's two guys that could have had their hope deferred, it would be David and Joseph. But Joseph remembered. You know, when his brothers came, it was actually 17 years later. Think about it. When his brothers finally came, it says Joseph remembered the dreams. Now, the remember doesn't mean, oh, I remember. It means, that Hebrew word means, he kept it in his mind all 17 years. So that meant when he's in the dungeon, in in those places of horrible, horrible living conditions, those Middle Eastern dungeons, he's keeping before him on a daily basis that hope. So his faith never died. And he saw it come to pass. And Lisa, hasn't there been times in yours and my life where we've really believed God's shown us something, but yet we just keep one thing, see one thing after another, just knock it out. And we think it's going to happen this way. Knock it out. Knock it out. What did we do? We just stay with it. You stay consistent and believe that God is good and that he who promises is faithful. But, you know, I love that you, you know, you're talking about this hope deferred, because I do think there's a lot of people right now where their hope's deferred. There's a lot of people, hope's deferred is about our nation. There's a lot of people whose hope deferred is about, you know, leadership in other realms, hope deferred in jobs. Do you know we have, we have a whole millennial generation. Now, this is how amazing the millennials are. They're the most highly educated group of people ever coming out of college. They have worked hard. They're highly educated. And guess what? They can't find jobs. They can't find jobs. And so they come out so excited. They are so excited. They're so hopeful and they can't find jobs. And then guess what? They're burdened down with debt. And so their hope has been deferred. And so God has given them some promises and they're not seeing anything come together. And so I just, I want to talk to some millennials out there and say, hey, guess what? All this preparation it's going to come it's going to come around full circle they feel like they've played by all the rules and it didn't work for them and so we need to say hey guess what you can put your hope in god you can't put your hope in your ed- your college education you can't put it in the job market you are not subject to the conditions of our economy you are subject to the provision of heaven and so you know i really wanted to say to them hey don't let your hope be deferred because when your hope gets deferred guess what you do you try to take other people's hope away too and then you get critical and we have a generation that god has on this earth to prophesy hope prophesy strength and instead they're settling with criticizing and so i mean i just kind of want to say that aside to the millennials we we're we're hoping that you're going to be the heroes that God actually created you to be. But but a real key point to maintaining that hope is not just hoping in God, but it's staying in his word. Yeah. Because, you know, without the word of God in our heart, it's the word that really put that foundation of hope in Abraham, mm-hmm. in Joseph, in David. Mm-hmm. And so I really believe that what I, I see is I see a lot of people, they spend a lot of time on Instagram, they Facebook, 
Um, and, and I love these mediums. They're excellent ways of being able to communicate to one another. But if we're spending time in them, a lot of time, and we're not spending time in the Bible. So what you're saying is they're so busy networking, they're not networking, they're not taking the word of God and catching the dreams that God has for them. You know, and that's when God puts these, these hopes in us, is when we're quiet, we're reading, or we're praying, and all of a sudden God drops things into our heart that you can never get by, by going to a college, by networking with people, by l- even listening to people preach. We have to have that time when the Holy Spirit can just form things in our hearts that he wants for us so that we have an anchor for our soul. Mm -hmm. See, hope is, according to Hebrews, an anchor Mm -hmm. to our soul. So So what does that mean? So all the storms don't blow us off All the storms are blowing us every which way. This thing happens with my children. Oh, no. This thing has happened with my marriage. Oh, no. This has happened with my job. Oh, no. I'm never going to achieve the anchor that kept David and Joseph true to God all the way through was the promises of his word that he spoke to them. They didn't have a physical Bible like we do. God now speaks to us through the word. I know he can speak to us through prayer too and through uh, dreams, through visions. We all get that. But there's something about when we put his word in our hearts, like David said, thy word have I hid in my heart, that it becomes an anchor for us and it keeps us from going, being all over the place. Sometimes people become very, very emotionally roller coasters. They're up and down and up and down. And the reason is they don't have an anchor. Mm-hmm. They don't have a hope that they've, they've laid a hold of and they're maintaining. You got to feed that hope. You got to continually feed it with the word of God in prayer. And what it does is it makes you a stable person and keeps you on track to receive what God has for you. I love that. You know, you'll know where this is located. I think it's in Peter, but I could be completely wrong where it says having these kind of promises to pull on us. You know, hope is the word of God begins to pull on us. It begins to pull us out of despair. It begins to pull us out of that place of our heart being sick. And then it pulls us out and then it prepares us. The word of God begins to prepare us so that if we don't feel like there's any hope, we weren't going to take any action to to move forward into the, the thing that God has promised us. So the promises of God pull on us and then we sanctify ourselves because we know, hey, I need to get this capacity for what God has told me. I'm going to believe that this thing is coming past. So the promises of God, they seed us with hope and they prepare us for that thing that is hope for. You know, you look at um, this woman with the issue of blood all these years. She, she had a hope developed in her heart that if she would just be able to get a hold of Jesus as him, mm-hmm. and he was thronged by people. He had a multitude around him. Can you imagine this woman crawling through people's legs, getting dust kicked into her face, continuing, saying, all I have to do is touch that hem, and I'll be healed. And I think if we get that kind of determination from the hope that we have in us, we're going to see miraculous things happen in our life that will benefit not only us, but even more importantly, those in our world of influence. You know, it takes men and women of faith and hope to really change the world. You know, it's not just being kind. It's not just being patient with people. It's having hope, you know, a knowing that things are going to happen. And, and you know, Lisa, I'm telling you, I, I, I want to share something, a story. I went to a man's church and he had a massive 17,000 member church. I did his four services 
and decided to spend a day with him and played golf the next day, right? And he said nothing about the 60 people that got saved over the weekend. I'm like jumping up and down inside. 60 people got saved. I was so thrilled because I'd never seen numbers like that in our Sunday services. And I remember finally on the way back from playing golf, I said to him, you haven't said anything about the 60 people that got saved. And I remember him looking at me so kindly and he said, well, that was really a low weekend for us. We usually have 200 people saved every weekend. And I remember saying, okay, I'm all ears. I'm to- what, what am I doing wrong? And I remember what he said to me. He said, you know, John, most ministers, here's the first problem. Most ministers go into an altar call and they hope that people will get saved. Now listen to, listen to the hope that he used with me. He said, they got this hope, so I sure hope somebody raises their hand. He said, you can never, ever do an altar call like that. It yeah, takes I remember real that. biblical hope and real biblical faith. faith. You confidently expect people are going to get saved, right? So that was the first thing he told me. And then he told me a few other things. Well, the next year, Lisa, I was going to similar churches, and over 100 would get saved. Literally, there was, I don't think, one church that I didn't see three times as many people getting saved as the year before. And that happened in every church that next year. I called him. I said, you have so impacted my life. And I just want to say this to you. I feel there are people out there right now. You have a maybe so attitude with God. I hope so attitude. Maybe it will happen attitude. God wants you to come to the place where you really believe you're going to change the marketplace that you're in, the business that you're working for, where you go in there confidently expecting God to be with you and impact these people. And you just watch and see how many more conversations that are organically now going to come up. People saying, what is it about you? And things are going to be changed. Because they're expect- you're going to be expecting. Once you've prayed that, you're going to be expecting what you prayed for. You know, I love the second half of that scripture. You, you quoted, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But then it says, but when the desire or the dream is fulfilled, it is a tree Free of, of life. life. And so when we actually step into what God has authored in our heart, you know, he's the author of that. Once we step into that, we become a tree of life for other people. People begin to get hope by looking at our life, faith by looking at our life. They begin to believe that God will do something in their life significant. And so this isn't just about, I love that you said, this isn't just about me or you. This is about what God has, the destiny on individuals, and your family needs to be grounded in hope. And so I, you know, one of the things I would just want to close out and challenge with, I think that people should have hope hope conversations around the table. Right. I think I think that parents should talk to kids and say what are you hoping for for the school year? What is your hope? Well, I'm just hoping I can, you know, get that. No, no, let's get something bigger. That's what you did last year. Let's talk about something bigger. Let's and talk about something for their marriage. Let's talk about something for what what is going on with their business or their vacations and then get God involved. And the, the kids are going to see the parents getting God involved and this whole atmosphere of hope is going to come. So we, we're good about cultivating faith, but it doesn't do any good without hope. And what's so important is that we listen to testimonies find testimonies in the area that we're lacking hope. Why? Because the Bible says hope comes through experience. If a person stands up and says, I want to tell you how God delivered me from cancer. I was given two years to live, and now I've lived 30 years later. Well, what what does that do? That testimony is an experience that, according to Romans chapter 5, says produces hope. And so don't listen to people's 
failures. Don't listen to people tell you how their prayer didn't get answered. You know, because what happens is, you know, we hear about somebody that didn't get healed or we hear about somebody that didn't get, you know, their bills paid. They believed God for somebody to be saved or something and it didn't work. Well, all of a sudden now that, that, that chips into their hope, right? God said to me one day, he said, you don't know what's in their heart. You don't know what was going on between me and them. Leave it in their lane. We're called to run a race. He said, you stay in your lane and let the word of God dictate your hope and your, your experience. And he said, if somebody has something that did work, bring it into your lane. That's called a testimony. So testimonies of how, really good. how God's word answered has answered people's situations that looked impossible, bring them into your lane. Stories that it didn't work out, that's between them and God. Leave it in their lane. Don't bring it into your lane. Don't allow your hope and to your be attached faith to, other people's to be attached experience. to yeah. other people's experience. Because he's the God of hope. It's Let it not be a attached yeah. to the word. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we pray for every single person that's listening. Lord, you've called them to change their world, change their world of influence, but it takes hope to do it. Abraham would never have been able to be the father of many nations had he not held on to the hope. David would never have been king and Israel would have come into the most prosperous years it had ever known had David not held on to the hope. I'm asking in the name of Jesus that my brother and my sister would lay hold of that hope as an anchor to their soul and I speak to the attacks of the enemy that is trying to knock out that hope and pull it out of their life. We break the power of that in the name of Jesus. May light and hope, true godly hope, flood into the souls of every person that's listening in the name of Jesus, because you are the God of hope, and may we abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to Conversations with John and Lisa. Let us know your thoughts by leaving a review, and be sure to subscribe and share these episodes through iTunes. You can connect with John and Lisa through Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit our website at messengerinternational.org. Until next time.